Everybody, we're you're listening to KDRT 95.7. Uh, 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 FM dial, uh, broadcasting from Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Hello, everybody. You're actually we're actually going live now to our class right now, where they're actually going to present their uh, presentations today. Guys are like now. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we are Guang Bo, and we have a lot to discuss today, mostly about film, but a lot to discuss. Today, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk to my friend Brittany. and why they're her favorite movies. Take a listen. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty bag, my kitty boo. I got the juice, I got the Outside of the school went a couple of guys. They were up to no good. Started making trouble, trouble in my, in my neighborhood. neighborhood. I got, got in one, one little, little fight. fight. Mom, Mom got scared. Said, you move in with the auntie and I'll do the delay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I have questions for you. Okay. Do you. Do you think you can answer a couple questions? I'm sure I can answer a couple of questions. First of all, let's start. What's your favorite movie? All time. The Color Purple. Ooh, Spielberg. Okay, I, I, I could dig it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Why the color purple? I'm just curious. Um, there's just so much to it. I mean, it's about growth. It's about being, you know, like coming up from like nothing, basically. It's about, uh, I don't know, just like finding yourself. Um, it's funny. It's sad. It's, there's like drama. It's like all the things that make a good movie to me. I just think, I think, okay, you already heard my beef about the color purple, but for the people who are listening, um, I I have beef with the color purple because I feel like Spielberg got shafted. Um, there's no way you get nominated in nine categories and don't win one. That's all I'm going to say about that before I go on a tangent. But <laughs> I agree with you. The color purple is a great movie. Um Sorry, the nine. I keep thinking about the nine nominations, and then like it instantly <laughs> brings me back to the tangent that I want to go off on. Um, no, so um, all right. So, what would you say are your top five movies? 
Um, Home Sweet Hell. Okay. Um, Step Brothers. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Did you rub your sack um, across my, my, my drumstick? <laughs> <laughs> Probably what's love got to do with it. That was, that was three. I'll, I'll already throw the color purple in there. Okay, so that makes it four. And I'm going to say Jawbreaker. Oh, that's a good one. You know, like, I never really experienced the, like, girls in high school that were the popular group. And Jawbreaker was kind of like the Hollywood version of if you cross the mean girls, then they will kill you. And in Jawbreaker, it's literal. (laughs) I really enjoyed that film as a kid. I don't know about if I would watch it now, but it was really good. Your favorite superhero movie, Black Panther, right? Your favorite superhero movie, Black Panther. <laughs> what What would you say is your favorite superhero movie? I'm going to have to say it's The Guardians of the Galaxy. The first one. Yes. I mean that it was a good it was a good movie. The soundtrack. The second was one was really good too. The second one the was soundtrack. good, but the soundtrack wasn't that good. And the first one was, like, okay, but the soundtrack was amazing. I know. I could just, like, it was like, let's just do karaoke with this movie. Yeah, seriously. And every time I watch that movie, like, you have to sing along. Of course. How can you not? Have you seen any DC movies? Or is it, like, just all been Marvel? Who's DC? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm assuming you have not seen... Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, no. Um, have you thought about watching it at all? Um, no. <laughs> is Aquaman a part of Justice League? He is. Okay, well then, I'll watch that one. That was actually, I mean, it wasn't my favorite. It was good, though. Uh, I love Black Manta as a villain, so there was that. I totally agree. Aqu- that's why you should watch Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman's got a lot of sexual tension, but um, it's not. Jason Momoa has people. a lot of sexual tension. So, so I mean, Momoa is not even that hot. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I mean, he is an attractive man. I can admit that he's an attractive man, but he's not even that hot. Like people are like, "Oh my God, Jason Momoa is the sexiest man alive." But but have you seen him with his children? I mean. Jason Momoa is literally married to, like, an American icon who was married to another American icon. So, I, I mean, <laughs> he was bound to have some beautiful kids. But I mean, I'm next. So, I'm I just mean, saying, I'm child, he's, not as, he's not as attractive as everyone is, like, falling over head over heels. And I guess, like, when I meet him in person, I'll be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> Patty Mahomes about to fall short a couple hundred. Sign sealed delivered. I the notary public. She witnessed me sign off on some undeniable numbers. Yeah. Make a set sell in Croatia to get the leverage. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Joshua. That's a really interesting interview to talk about films and superhero films. Um, and today, like, uh, our topic is art, art, art and culture. 
and films, especially superhero films, plays a major role in American culture and film industry. But I think unlike uh, uh, most of people, I do not like Marvel's uh, superhero films, uh, but I really like DC super, superhero films. But I don't know uh, what others think, but what about you, Joshua? What do you think is the difference between Marvel's and DC films? Okay, if I'm being 100% honest, um, Marvel films just have better story and they have better character development. I know, and look, Michael going crazy over here. <laughs> well, but, well, no, I mean, you know, I, I agree to a certain extent, but I mean, it just depends on like what DC films you're talking about, you know? Cause, did you uh, watch the Snyder Cut? I, you know, I'll be honest, I did not because I watched this, I watched the Justice League in a close to empty theater uh, and basically laughed throughout the entire movie because it was not a good time. So I kind of just didn't want to put myself through that and, again, to be honest. And that's with basically you. like, there was another <laughs> part of the interview that I went with uh, Brittany and I was like, these movies are made to attract people to them. And when a movie that is a superhero movie can't get people into the theaters, then something's yeah. wrong. And with Zack Snyder, the first Justice League was so bad that the bar was so low that his cut is good, but where was the bar before it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the um, you know, although I can't see, like, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it. Um, the thing that I do know, I have seen some shots from it. The CG that they left in the movie or, or the scenes that they redid, like they redid the big bad in the movie. It looks a lot, a lot better than what was the, like in the original Justice League. So for that specific reason, you know, I may, I may consider watching it, but just purely based off of plot, it was kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was a huge Dark Side fan and the fact that you get to see more of Dark Side in the Schneider cut is the main reason that it's yeah. better. Seven Wolf was kind of. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> he just looked like a dude. Yeah, I, I, he did, and that's and they fixed a lot of that. Not to mention uh, uh, Henry Cavill's mustache. That whole incident. Oh and yeah. So, so contractually obligated to not shave his mustache because of uh, Mission Impossible, yeah. Which I can understand. <laughs> Mission Impossible is probably paying him more money. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's contractually obligated to do it. So, you know, exactly. And if they're like, you can't cut your mustache, he ain't cut it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that brings up an interesting topic, you know. Uh, our, I think uh, something that's been in kind of the spotlight for a while, and, and people have been talking about it, you know, uh, which I guess in like 2017, I believe, was brought to really to the forefront by Martin Scorsese was, are superhero movies real cinema? I I would say yes, but that's the reason I say yes is what I said prior, and it's really just about character development. It's really about if you can make the viewer feel for that character, and I think Marvel over the last ten years has done exactly that. I mean, you look at Iron Man 1, and they didn't know where it was going. And 10 years later, Infinity War was the highest grossing film for a long time. Right, very And I, I feel like Marvel just knew what, like, they didn't have a, a direction, but they knew that where they were going to start. And it grew because you got character development about these comic book heroes that people hold so close to their their own selves 
Right. What do you think, Aiden? Yeah, it's interesting because I like, I probably like DC characters better than Marvel characters as a whole, but Marvel Studios has just been doing it much better than DC has. And I feel like the producers for DC have have just been dropping the ball pretty much. Aiden, have you um, watched any of the uh, uh, animated DC movies? Because those are actually really good. Yeah, those are pretty good. Um, the Frank Miller ones are really good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm wondering why Jin Yi prefers DC over Marvel. Uh, I think Marvel's movie, the most of them I watched, they follow exactly the hero's journey. So I can I can guess what happened next. It won't be a surprise. But for DC's movie, I always their characters are more standout and unique. It uh, by watching them, I always feel more surprised. Yeah, I I definitely think that uh, Marvel has a kind of I don't want to say cookie cutter because I don't think it's cookie cutter, but a, a, a similar, you know, it's like a structure to its film. Yeah, but I do think that recently, with you know the event of um, Endgame and and uh, Infinity War, they've been shaking up that mold, which has been great, you know, because uh, the end of uh, Infinity War was a huge shock to everyone. Obviously, I'm not going to say what happens because I don't want to spoil it, even though it's been a couple years since it came out. I was gonna um, say, if you haven't seen Infinity War by now, you missed out. <laughs> yeah go ahead and go watch that uh, yes but, you absolutely know, i want to say it's on disney plus so yeah yeah you can but, get like a free trial of disney plus right now yeah absolutely but you know as of for whether or not the uh, marvel or just superhero movies in general are cinema uh i think for me it's a yes and a no i mean obviously it is cinema you know it is it's it's it is film right but also at the same time you know it is funded by capitalism. I mean, the main goal of superhero money, movies is to make money, right? And you have to wonder, would that um, compromise the artistic vision of it? But anyway, uh, Jingyi, why do you, uh, we're kind of out of time today. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and sign us out? Uh, yes, that's all for t- uh, our group's discussion about superhero films. Uh, next, let's go to Connect Four, Group Two, for their discussion. Thank you. All right. Um, so I think we're up next, uh, Connect Four. And um, this week we're talking about sports. Um, I don't know if anyone in my group lots of sports so i interviewed my friends about wrestling um and then uh for context about what we talked about in the interview um every year wwe lays off a bunch of its wrestlers uh and it's always like super sad this year um a bunch of the female wrestlers got their stuff delivered to them in trash bags and the trash bags often had uh stuff that the other wrestlers had inside of them and um, the situation did not happen to the male wrestlers that was laid off. It was, it was just the woman that got their stuff handed to them in trash bags. So um, whoever is going to uh, play the interview, we can play uh, that snippet of it. Did you ever watch Total Divas? No, I didn't. He was, he was the, the guy that dealt with all the divas. Whenever, like, he's the one that told them a 
about their matches and stuff. Oh, yeah, he was like the booker. Yeah, like kind of. He was like the personal assistant to the booker. He was the, he was the. What, what was his official like title? Are we talking about Mark Carano? Yeah. Who was Mark Carano? Oh, yeah. So, let me start talking about it. Mark Carano. Let's find his official title. Yeah. Yeah, what was he? Was he a, a wrestler? No, Mark Carano he, he was... once held the position of Senior Director of Talent Relations in WWE. Gotcha. So, he, like, dealt with that. He, he was constantly going back and forth between wrestlers and people so he was on total divas i didn't like him <laughs> so, sounds like a really no. bad person what's yeah. total divas total divas was the, is a reality show about wrestlers. <laughs> john cena's on it it's a lot. their whole thing <laughs> yeah it's it's all connected to wwe where's this air does wwe have its own network yeah, but that was on USA. They have a deal with USA. They've had a deal with USA for a really long time. For years. Yeah. And now they have a deal with NBC and Peacock. <laughs> yeah, they're just they collecting all of the money. Like, <laughs> so do you want to talk about what Mark Carano was accused of or released for? Yeah. He, Terminated. Uh, Terminated. Something sounds right. <laughs> So how long ago was that? That was like two weeks ago, I feel. Two weeks ago, maybe yeah. three. He sent Mickey James, who's an esteemed women's wrestler. Like she's been with the company for a really long time. She was one of the first like women's wrestlers to like really be like, oh wow, please take us seriously, you know. <clears throat> um, and what she was released from the company, and they sent her a trash bag full of her things disrespectful very disrespectful and then it came out that a bunch of women's wrestlers in the past have been sent trash bags yeah full of their items when they've gotten released and some of the items not even theirs like just some <laughs> random crap that they threw into the yeah. trash bag so mark carano <laughs> is the man responsible for that and he had also been accused by his wife of several things including trying to kill her cat yeah. <laughs> and um that's, that's awful and, and her not he got mad at her because she was at a funeral she was at a funeral and she didn't pick up her phone <laughs> what was yeah. the 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 title belt thing he was stealing like oh and he would steal belts from the company and hide them under his bed <laughs> yeah, did you apparently. find the tweet where she says exactly where they are <laughs> yeah she said do you think the police are gonna like show up to Mark Carano's house and like know exactly where the belts are? I'm worried Vince McMahon will do it himself. <laughs> He's just gonna burst in through the window. <laughs> I can't remember what year it was, but at a like it's 2017, 18, 19, my matter that time. They did a show in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and Saudi Arabia pays millions of dollars every year for WWE to come over. Yeah. and do a show and like the government is heavily involved with it it is mass. it is massive it is the biggest thing to happen in the country so is it is saudi arabia like the biggest like international ties to wwe uh it's like in terms new, of money in terms of money, terms yeah, of money. that's where a lot like you know and that's what matters there's the events yes yeah and so there was something going on in the government of saudi arabia 
and the Saudi Arabia okay. show is in the middle of the week. <laughs> what? No, that's a funny comment. Blood money. <laughs> so, so the Saudi Arabia show is in the middle of the week. And then they had another oh. pay-per-view in the United States on that weekend. So there's like a five-day period. So they did the Saudi Arabia show, but there was some sort of turmoil going on in the government. Which yes, perfect, some sort. <laughs> which, which, which ended up sabotaging. But there's a whole deeper thing to it. What it, it ended up ruining. It ended up stopping all the flights of the wrestlers from Saudi Arabia back to the United States. So they could. They were stuck there in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. While there was like, was there like a government corruption going on or just something they well just wouldn't let them. It, they wouldn't come they home. wouldn't let them come home there ended up being something like some sort of beef between them and wwe where they purposely sabotaged the flights and later they got sued for it something happened but anyway in terms of storylines that pay-per-view that weekend was it a pay-per-view or was it it was tlc or was it smackdown the next day that what am i thinking of different things i think you're thinking of a different thing I think it was on Thursday, and there was a SmackDown the next that's day. That's right. There was a SmackDown the next day. And so and that's the weekly show. So, like, 60% of the roster was not there for the yeah. SmackDown. Wow. Show. Because a lot wow. of people don't, a lot of people refuse to sit out of, the, a lot of people refuse to go to Saudi Arabia because there's a lot of corruption in the government. Yeah, like Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So all these people were stuck back home, and the, they everyone, still do it anyway. Everyone couldn't get back for the show the next day, not the pay per view. The show the next day. Yeah. So the solution was, they had to fly everyone from Florida at NXT, such as Adam Cole, um, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. You know, yeah. and that's their like third or, brand. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of like a separate thing. Oh, which one? NXT. NXT. It it's feels like, like more. It, it's kind of its own thing. It's its own thing. To WWE. Yeah. So they had to bring these wrestlers who nobody knew who they were except for like decently hardcore fans onto live television for the first time because they didn't have any other wrestlers to use. And then it ended up being one of the best shows. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's one of the ones that really worked out for them. That's yeah. when WWE does their best, and when is when they have to think in a pinch. Honestly. Yeah. All right, so that was our um, interview excerpt. So um, I want to ask you guys first, uh, what do you guys know about wrestling? Because um, I, before, I think two years ago, I met these guys like two or three years ago. And before that, I had never watched any wrestling before. Never was really interested in it. Um, it was one of those things where it's like, everyone's always like, I don't know, it feels like uh, around everyone I know, wrestling's like usually just like a joke. Um, so that was like the first time I like met anyone who was like really into wrestling, but, um, yeah. What about you guys? What do you know about wrestling? Yeah, I don't really watch wrestling, um, or sports in general, but I, when I was younger, um, maybe I was like 10 or 12, somewhere around that age. I used to watch WWE because my older cousins were like super into it. Um, but that's like about it. Uh, all of my experience with wrestling. <laughs> Do you guys, what do you guys consider wrestling to be a sport or even live when it comes to being a, like more of a, like a show kind of thing where people can say, oh, it's fake wrestling. What do you guys still consider that a real sport? Well, 
so I like I don't know what the actual like definition of a sport is, but I'm pretty sure it's officially considered a sport. Because um, the thing with uh, wrestling is like when you talk about it with people, it's a uh, it's not fake; it's scripted, and it mm-hmm. really is a big difference. Because like when you watch the stuff, uh, they they really are like throwing each other around. Um, as much as like it's, I mean, it's scripted in the same way like a ballet is scripted, but you still have to like train and train and train and train and train in order to like get to the point where you can like throw another human being around that's like as large as you or larger over your head around and around and around without like hurting them or like (laughs) seriously damaging them i think like most of the talent in wrestling comes from not killing yourself or the other person but um yeah i i I think for that reason like once you watch more wrestling you start to see like all the like technical finesse that goes into it plus these guys like if you look at their like biceps and their their abs i it's insane how they've like pushed the human body so far to its limits i have i mean these guys like they have arms that are like as big as my body um but yeah i'd say overall it's pretty much like comparable to a sport i don't know what you guys think about that though yeah i was i was reading something and it said that it's like sports entertainment um but like it does fall under the category of a sport um and like you were saying it's scripted but it's not fake because like the injuries are real like they actually do throw each other around um but yeah natalia what do you think i would say it's a sport and then if you think about it like these people are actually multifaceted too because then they're also acting at the same time they're doing these things that require a bunch of athleticism And you know that they train like a lot, probably during the week, during the month, whatever, for how long they have to do that, just so they can show up and be ready to like start throwing people around while remaining in character, like the characters that they give them in the scripts, which is really interesting because they have to like take on a whole nother persona. Yeah, I can see your point and like points you guys make. Another ish, I think another point you can actually say similar to other sports is that there are also issues with gender equality. And we talked talked about the woman being fired and the, getting their stuff uh, mailed through with a trash bag. What do you guys think about that? I think it's awful. Um, wrestling, like, obviously, I feel like wrestling, like, you're going to appeal to a more Republican fan base, I feel like. Um, but they've been trying to, like, appeal to, like, the female side more. But the thing is, like, it doesn't matter if you have women wrestlers, if you're just going to treat them literally like garbage, I mean, that's, I, I just need to say that's completely on brand. That story that you heard about of them, like getting their stuff delivered to them in trash bags, that's completely like on point for wrestling. That's like nothing new. Um, that's, I mean, it's almost like expected. Um, they have female wrestlers and they promote them as if they're equal, but they are not treated equal behind the scenes. I think that's the um, whole, like, this last year, you're going to see all these, like, giant corporations saying, like, oh, we support black rights, we support gay rights, we support whatever. And it's like, well, you'll say you support whatever. You can put out, like, rainbow stickers and T-shirts and whatever, but really what matters is what is how you're treating people behind the scenes. But um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about uh treating women 
in public versus like how you treat your female wrestlers behind the scenes. But yeah, I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I wanted to like ask you about the Saudi Arabia thing because um, you said in your interview that a bunch of wrestlers were like stranded over there. Um, do you know like what are the women wrestlers like? Were there women wrestlers over there? Because I know that there's like limited women's rides. So like, did they actually like fly out in the first place? Yeah, I have to have a. I I'd have to ask about that. I remember asking about that like two mm -hmm. years ago. Um. That's a really good question. So I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it'd be interesting to look into. Uh, do you guys have any final comments? Uh, I think our time is almost up. Um, I would say that hopefully in the future, maybe the wrestlers, like the female wrestlers that are still in the game, you know, stand up for each other and come together and maybe like have some sort of, I don't know, like protest. But um, now we will be passing it on to the Zoomers. Yeah, before we go on, once again, we have to remind our listeners that we're, you guys are listening to KDRT 95.7, a broadcasting from Davis. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to yet another show. Today's topic, science and technology. And for our guests, you know them, you love them, John Doe, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a lovely crowd. Okay, I see you, you, and you, and you. All right. So, believe it or not, the British Navy has Iron Man jet suits for commando raids. How do you feel about this? You know, for me, it, it's more of a question of, of, of how do I feel about the fact that we don't have that here in the States yet because, you know, I, I ride bikes, you know, longboards and all that jazz. Uh, uh, even I like a little parkour. I would love to be able to fly to work uh, uh, as, as, a, as a, just if I want to fly to work. I mean, I'll be there in a moment uh, or I can't come in. It's a little rainy outside. You know what I'm saying? So just things to consider. But my, my real question is, how come we don't have that here? In the first Iron Man film, terrorists steal Tony Stark's weapons and use them on U.S. troops. Do you think this will eventually happen with the flight suits? You know, the, the scenario from Iron Man, um, we've seen it before, you know, Nicolas Cage and Lord of War, where you have these weapons manufacturers. Of I, I definitely foresee this becoming a very hot technology when it comes to espionage, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I, and I, I definitely believe we're gonna see a lot of innovation with this in the future because, you know, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I would like to have a situation where, you know, if need be, you know, if I if I can't travel with my suit, you know what I'm saying, my super suit, or this is, let's just call it a super suit at this point. It's a super suit. Uh, I would like to be able to maybe, hey, when, when I get to where I'm going, I might need to, to change uh, uh, styles or something like that. I'm looking forward to them developing this. This is crazy. How do you see this technology affecting everyday life? I definitely feel as though the arts is going to see just a whole new form. You know, we have we find the most creative ways of doing things. I can't wait until TikTok gets on this thing. But as far as just how it could improve our lives, 
Um, well, you know, I feel as though every city should have uh, one of these suits around in case, you know, cats get stuck in trees. Um, you know, the, the, <laughs> you know, as far as just carryover, I think it'll be a useful technology. Uh, we're going to figure it out. But in the beginning, I see a lot of joyride and a lot of fun. Oh, would you look at the time? Uh, <laughs> that's all we have in store today, folks. Until next time, have a great morning. And we're going to move on to Yan Ru, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, guys. It's Yan Ru again. Robots have become a hot topic in the development of science and technology in recent years. With the integration and development of artificial intelligence and mobile internet technology, robots have changed human social lifestyles. Today, I invited a friend of mine who is studying computer science to talk about robots with me. Hey, Charlie, how's it going? I'm good. I've been researching the development of robots recently. Oh, wow, robots are so cool. What kind of robots? I like studying intelligent robots because this kind of robot has a very good development prospect in the area of big data, you know, like the trend in the future. I don't know much about robots, but I've seen some interesting robots in real life. For example, some hotels in China use robots to deliver food, especially during the pandemic. I think it's very convenient and safe. What do you think? Yeah, that's why the Chinese government is encouraging AI-related courses at primary and secondary school levels to promote coding education. Actually, one of the reasons I decided to study computer science was because of the influence of robots. When I was in high school, I went to a technology show where robots could make all kinds of facial expressions. I thought it's amazing and I wanted to create something like that as well. Well, that's cool. But robots are actually taking over a lot of jobs, they say. Do you worry about that? Although this is true, the range of applications for robots in the future is very wide. Personally, I wouldn't worry too much. For example, some dangerous, harsh environment jobs and jobs that require repetitive labor will be taken over by robots. Don't you think it's a way to protect humans and reduce risks? Yeah, I agree. Thank you for your time and have a nice day, Charlie. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's my um, segment. Uh, let's invite Molly to talk more on this topic. All right, I talked to my mom and briefly argued with her about robots. Okay, how about first you describe the commercial that we saw? Well, when it first came up, it was just very, I thought just another boring mundane commercial on a pizza delivery or whatever dominoes until you went oh my god I said what oh, look at that and I didn't know what you were talking about and then I noticed it was some kind of robotic delivery of dominoes pizza that's the only reason why I took a second look at it would you ever order pizza from a robot 
I will not order a pizza from a robot in particular, unless it was like a pizza I like, like pizza ola or something. I'm not going to order a pizza just because it's a robot. Do you foresee any negative consequences of using like these robots in the future instead of human manual labor? Well, if it's just for pizza delivery, no. Well, are you worried about robots taking over? No, robots can't take over our world because they just can't, unless you watch science fiction movies. So a lot of people are worried about us reaching the singularity. Well, I guess anything's possible, but I still say humans have to still create that AI and they should be able to control it. Yeah, but that's the whole the whole issue. The chip that, in that controls it, like overrides. No, but the whole the AI is, is that the computers and AI become so smart that it can override itself. It can override the human, what the humans have done. And it can well, take- then That's why then the humans, the humans must know that already. So they're going to do everything they can to avoid it. No, yeah, but the whole point is that the computer is so smart that it can, it knows more than- Yes, I understand, but still the human had to create that AI robot to a certain point. So he must be smart enough, the human, to not let that happen. Right, but that's not- That's what I believe. That's what I believe. Would you ever be friends with a robot? Yeah, if I liked it, just like a person. What would you guys do together? Depends. If I liked it physically, I'd just walk around with it just for the hell of it. Walk around town and go shopping with it and if stuff. You it. And, but it has to have a good sense of humor and everything too and be kind of funny. Do you think that robots deserve human rights? <laughs> no, because no, I mean, we don't want to, I don't want to go into HR and then give them like benefits and things like that. No. Well, I need to watch the Warriors pretty soon. I didn't watch the Warriors soon. Okay, now I have to watch the fourth quarter. This is it. Okay. I'm serious. Okay. I I'm... go on about robots anymore. Can we leave soon? Can I leave? Yeah, you can go. Okay, I'm going to leave now. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. I watch the Warriors, not robots. Yeah. Bye. All right. And I will hand that off to Jackie. All right. Thank you, Molly. That was exciting. dangers of artificial intelligence. Let's begin with a thought-provoking conspiracy theory from Snopes.com. In December 2018, a story surfaced social media platforms about four robots murdering 29 scientists in Japan. The story originated from Linda Moulton Howe, who's a Stanford graduate journalist and an outspoken believer of UFOs. According to that story, scientists developed these four robots for military purposes. However, the robots began shooting and killed 29 scientists. The lab workers disabled two robots, destroyed the third, but the fourth connected itself to a satellite and searched information on how to rebuild itself, becoming stronger than before. Considering this story provides more questions than answers, it's hard to believe any of it is actually true. Nonetheless, we should still be terrified of the dangers of these technologies. While robots like the Terminator are a couple years ahead of us, killer drones are something to be afraid of. According to the New York Times, the development of killer drones is easy to build and cheap, 
Killer drones are far more dangerous than nuclear weapons, considering you can make tens of thousands of those weapons and specifically target group of individuals you would like to eliminate through facial recognition. However, if you know anything about facial recognition, it is anything but a reliable technology. In 2018, Robert Williams was wrongfully arrested by the Detroit police. According to the police, Williams was singled out as a suspect by facial recognition technology. Regardless of his innocence, Williams spent 30 hours in jail. As of right now, the University of Michigan and the ACLU are suing the Detroit Police Department on behalf of Williams for wrongfully arresting him and violating his Fourth Amendment. According to the ACLU, facial recognition cannot tell black people apart. The weaponization of artificial intelligence is not just a racial issue. It is everybody's issue. Our facial features should not be quantified into numbers and used against us. It should not be the kind of information inserted into a killer machine. All right, so we're moving on to Vogue. Uh, thank you so much. Um, that was very interesting to hear. Um, I will be presenting an interview that I had with my roommate about colleges requiring the COVID vaccine. And uh, here we go. The COVID vaccine. Today I'm going to be interviewing you about colleges and the requirement of the COVID vaccine. Can you state uh -huh. your name, please? My name is Gloria Togan. And what year are you in? I am a fourth year. Have you heard about colleges and slash schools requiring the COVID vaccine? Yes, I have. Um, the first time I saw it was actually um, on a friend's Snapchat. And um, at first I thought it was um, a joke. We saw this into it and I saw that they were actually being serious. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting to me that a lot of uh, colleges are like requiring the COVID vaccine. I mean, a lot of people are very iffy about it because it's the COVID vaccine and they don't want to be required to get. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense though. I'm, I'm not too surprised that they're making us are making uh, next year's um, class take it. Like I figured that if the vaccine came out, like, you know, it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, we also, uh, what is it called? The, I mean, we also have the, the other vaccines that are required to enter, you know, even elementary school, pu mm -hmm. um, public schools, et cetera, like that. Mm -hmm. so this is just going to be yeah. another shot. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts about colleges slash schools requiring the COVID vaccine? Well, I honestly think it's a good idea. I mean, I always feel like they should require it um, for those that want to come back to campus. So for those that, like, you know, want to continue, like, studying um, uh, remotely, they, should, they shouldn't have to. But I think it's a good thing. Like you said, um, a lot of schools, you know, require you to have, like, shots done before you even, like, you should have to that. I remember when I had to take that shot in fifth grade, and I wasn't happy about it, but at least I didn't get anything because I got the shot. Um, but I think it's a really uh, good thing that they're doing because, you know, they're trying just to just, um, what's the word, like fortify their campus and 
it would suck if you know some of their like not vaccinated but could catch you know COVID and kind of spread it around school. Well, that's true, especially for those who live in households where there are um, immune compromised people or people that just like are very um, that can get the COVID vaccine. I mean, not the COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's also another one of the issues. Um, so like, what are some of the complications because can come from like them requiring the COVID vaccine? Well, um, I feel like uh, there can be complications like socially. Like I mean socially because, um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't trust the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, I feel like if they, you know, find out that there's some people that don't have the vaccine, or like don't want to get a vaccine or attending to school or something like that they might you know it might cause some kind of like rift or some kind of like um thing between like you know people that are vaccinated people that aren't vaccinated but um also uh for that case um i don't know if it would cause problems outright because you know people that are vaccinated will be the only ones allowed back to school anyway uh mm-hmm. honestly i don't know like <laughs> we'll have to wait and see yeah, do you think like um like students would be able to school colleges and universities if they get sick from the COVID vaccine? Oh yeah, because first of all, they're the ones that required um you know students to get it. Also, um, I know one vaccine I'm like weary about was the the uh, 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 um Johnson Johnson one because like um before they um, set it down. Like every like um basically like um, six women developed like some kind of like rare like blood clot um, because of it. So I feel like you know if something were to arise from the vaccine, yeah, like students should feel free to um do the school or do something that's like the school requires them to do it in order to like go you know to campus. Yeah. Um. Have any of your professors talked about the issue? No. <laughs> I haven't heard any professors talking about any of these issues. It's all good. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I know I had a mine and it was like an open discussion, but I told myself I'm not going to get into it because it's just this is a lot for like yeah to talk about. Uh huh. Also, like a lot of my classes, like I don't really go there. <laughs> 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 yeah, we don't really talk about that. Um, do you know anyone that has an issue with the COVID vaccine? Uh. No, not really. I mean, I've heard of like friends, like parents, like a friend of mine, her parents um, reacted badly to it, but that was just about it. Like, um, because he was like immune um, compromised, basically. But other than that, no, I haven't heard anything else. Um, for those who can't get the vaccine for trouble reasons, did you know that Uber and Lyft are partnering up to provide free rides and like to the COVID vaccine appointment? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of that. Um, that's funny because with my clinic, um, we were trying to do something like that, too. Um, but with, like, the um, homeless community of, like, um, Sacramento, like, Oak Park, where we're trying to, like, get people, like, to, or Uber Lyft, like, kind of give um, some free rides and stuff um, for vaccinations or appointments. I think that's really cool. Do you have any final thoughts about co- um, colleges slash uh, schools requiring the COVID vaccine? Well, I think it's a great idea, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I feel like the sooner, like, a lot of people get vaccinated, like, the better. 
But again, you know, there's a lot of people that don't really like believe in vaccination. That's that's cool too. Um, um, you know, uh, as soon as I feel, I feel like as soon as we get like most people vaccinated, like more than fifty percent, they're gonna be opening up like a lot more things, and you know, maybe getting back to normal. So I say that they should do it, but um, I think the only downside to that too is that um, I don't know if we're gonna be like allowing people to uh, do things remotely. Um, and if not, I feel like it's just like it's just sucks like wanting someone to get a vaccine they probably like, might not want you know, um, and because like you know they won't have remote like classes offered. But yeah, other than that, yeah. Okay, well thank you for taking the time to answer some questions about colleges requiring the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. And have a nice day. Thank you. Yeah, um, so that was the interview, and I will pass it off to Victor. So going off the topic of COVID-19, I just wanted to talk about the um, rise in hate crimes that have been going on around the U.S. since the pandemic started. And yeah, I was looking through an article um, I was like recently reading by Kimmy Yam, and it said that Asian American hate crimes have risen since 2019 from 49 incidents to 122. Um, and yeah, being Filipino American myself, I was devastated, but also not surprised given like the long history of discrimination and like prejudice towards Asian American communities. And uh, even our former president Trump contributed to this by his uh, xenophobic remarks. I think one example was when he tweeted about the pandemic and he labeled it as the Chinese virus rather than the coronavirus. And I just think it's like small instances like this that exacerbate and like disproportionately affect like the experiences of our community. And yeah, um, do you guys have any thoughts about this? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um... Also, like, yeah, it just reminded me of, like, when Trump said that thing about, like, Mexicans, and, yeah, there's just this, like, really, like, like, a fear, not foreigners, but just people from other countries. Um, also, I, want, I wanted to add on to the, I feel like, you know, that part of the discrimination, like, I feel like that's also why people are so, like, like, paranoid of, of the vaccine um like I have a really strong opinion of this but I do think they should require the vaccine especially if you're gonna go on campus like um I had a family member who died from COVID and my dad actually almost died from COVID so it's like I feel like it's very selfish not to take the vaccine but yeah I don't know what you guys think um I saw same article with Victor and it says violent attacks on Asian Americans have increased since the COVID-19 began, and there have been thousands of reported cases in recent months. Advocates and activists say these are hate crimes and often linked to reality that blames the Asian people for spread of the COVID-19. So over 6 million Asian Americans live in California, and so according to the rated population estimates, for by far the most in any U.S. state, um, as I am an Asian American, my heart hurts every time this hate crime news comes out. 
And I think we should work together to cheer for each other better than hate other laces during this hard time together. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can go. Oh, right sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say that I just think it's like, um, I just don't understand why people try to blame it on like a specific race. It's just very ironic that like the ones that are blaming it on, let's say, like Asians, like they don't even want to take the vaccine. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think it like stems from the fact like that it did, it originated from um, China, but I don't think that's enough, like big enough to like blame it on like the Asian American communities. And yeah, I just think it's like, important to recognize these struggles and like I guess advocate and stand in solidarity with the community and yeah also like um when um Trump he was saying it's like the Chinese virus the China virus and stuff like that that's what also fueled the hate etc that was already you know here and he just fueled it even more which is very frustrating yeah because like you know he's like especially when he was like you know um she like um basically telling people to like stand back and like wait etc just because he's no idea what he's talking about and calling it the china virus just makes it a hundred times worse yeah exactly and also what i've been seeing around the news or like yeah the the media lately was that um like all the videos i've seen of like the hate crimes that happened was it targeted like elderly people too mm -hmm. and yeah I just think that's like um that makes it worse since like they're like I guess the most vulnerable and yeah also like a recent hate crime happened here in um not my neighborhood but like kind of like um like there's this plaza that we have and uh like the small Asian um Asian owned business was targeted and yeah, it, there was a video about it and it was just so, it sucks because I also go there and yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, yeah, I think our time is like almost up. Um, I guess we're gonna pass it back to our host, Arsandi. All right then, thank you everybody for presenting. Yeah, it's a real honesty. It's really always sad to see these events occurring uh, where we see many minorities are being discriminated just for a simple misunderstanding. And as we're almost done, I just want to basically give out, uh, ask everybody here, since, you know, with that Mother's Day just passed, I wonder if you guys did anything special for your guys' mothers. I cooked, um, because uh, since my mom is Mexican, I basically cooked both days. So I cooked um, Sunday and Monday. So like Sunday, I cooked like ribs. And then Monday, I cooked her favorite chicken Alfredo. I hope you cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a lot because um, it wasn't just my mom. It was also like um, my sister, my aunt, and then... Um, my brother's girlfriend who's also a mother so like I had to cook for like pretty much a, a decent amount of people mm -hmm. how about anybody else 
Um, I actually wasn't able to do anything for Mother's Day just because I live eight hours away. I mean, I did call her, yeah, because I'm also Mexican, so I did call her both days. But yeah, I'm just sad because I, I couldn't really spend it with her this time. Yeah, like you did you teach your mom how to use Zoom? I taught my mom she, Mother's Day teaching her how to use she Zoom. She doesn't even know how to use her own phone, so I literally think it's impossible to teach her how to do that. Mm -hmm. So anybody else like who has a mom nearby? Uh, I went hiking with my mom in Muir Woods, um, so that was pretty fun. Hadn't done that since I was a kid, because I grew up in San Francisco, so it was a good time. Was it just you and your mom, like like mother-son time? or It was, it was my brother, my mom, and I. So anybody else wants to give a shout out to you guys' moms, if they might, may or might not be listening to this. I'll shout out my mom. Um, shout out to Ellen Caldwell in Richmond, Virginia. She is a social worker and she has been making a difference in my life since 1990. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm pretty sure your mom will really appreciate that shout out. Little comes to show that you can give show your mom a bit of love. Okay, since it will be ending soon. So, and I don't know if anybody guys uh, want to say anything? Any last? I'd like to shout out my mom who is right next to me in the kitchen. <laughs> Love her very much. <laughs> She's literally making like lunches for my, like, my brother and cousin. So shout out to her for honestly always just finding the motivation and energy to keep doing what she does. Okay, thank you. Now, for those who are listening, you guys are listening to KDRT 97.5.7 and from Lights 5 from Davis.